hey, I just want to tell you that um, those watching on the on by Facebook on the internet too that you know if you don't if you if you live here or anywhere around here, this is a good church to go to. Because the, the most important thing that you look for in a church is the word. The main reason for our local church, the main reason for our local church is to, to it's a training center for believers. That's what it's for. And um, the main reason is not, it's, uh, praise and worship is extremely important, but that's not the main reason for the local church. Well, you know, we're not called just to come here to, to, to praise and worship God and then go home. That's very important, but the number one reason for the local church, it's a training center to teach us the word of God so we can go out and do the work of the ministry. Now, when we get here, we're going to praise and worship God. We're going to fellowship with each other. We get to gather as a, as a family together. All kinds of other wonderful blessings and benefits for the local church. But the main reason is the word. A lot of people, what they do is they, 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 they go to church. I just want to find a church that has a good children's program. I just want to find a church that has a good, boy, they got a great, they got a whole orchestra up front, you know. And I always tell people, oh, that's wonderful. I like all that. Uh, that's all we, it's great when you got a perfect church. Yeah. <laughs> when you got everything. Uh, that's wonderful. But the number one thing is the word. There you, go. you know, don't say, why. Well, I'm going to go to that church because they got a great children's ministry. You know, they teach a lot of unbelief, but at least my kids will have a good note. That's, that will not, that won't work that way. The word is always first. And, and, and your pastors here, I mean, they know the word. And they're teaching the word of God uncompromisingly. So you're going to get fed here. And I just want to, I just want to say that and to those of you on the internet. Definitely, if you don't, you know, even if you're here and you're in a church that's not teaching the uncompromising word, get out of it and come over here. Get out of it and come over here and, and start, start learning the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, stand back up with me. All right. <laughs> Let's just lift our hands one more time and worship the Lord. We worship you, Father. And we do thank you for your goodness. Oh, we thank you. Thank you. We're so grateful to you, Father, for your overflowing goodness and mercies and forgiveness and grace and generosities in our lives. As your word says, Father, thank you for, for showing forth and, and demonstrating the exceeding riches of your grace and your, and your kindness towards us in Christ. Like a flood in our lives, Father, today like a flood in our lives, like a flood through us into the lives of everyone you're going to use us in ministry to. Oh, thank you for doing that, Father. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Thank you for your precious blood. We plead your blood over all of us here. Thank you for your holy blood that will wash white as snow in. Oh, Father, teach us your word, teach us everything we need to hear from you today. Greatly increase our faith. Great changes greatly. Transform us greatly. Oh, from glory to glory and just experiencing your glory manifested in our lives more and more and more. And we receive it from you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we do give you all the glory for it because you're worthy to receive all the glory. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now you can be seated. Glory to God. Well, I am glad to be back. Um, Leo um, is, is normally with me all the time, but we have a big camp meeting at our church in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, that we do every year. It actually starts Wednesday of this week. It'll be uh, Wednesday night, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings and evening, I believe. And um, we're and, and she's there helping clean the church. He was cleaning the church uh, yesterday, and they'll be working on cleaning the church, really 
getting everything ready for the for the meeting. She just did, just it just takes so long to do that. So so that's why she is not with me. But um, she she was just at a ladies' meeting in Louisville herself last uh, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday Saturday. So, but I am thrilled to be back here. We always love coming here and and seeing you guys and um, and just and sharing the word with you. It's 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 fun to be in church. I don't know any other place I'd rather be than God's house. Amen. David said that, you know. It's yes. good to be in the house of the Lord. The, and the, yeah, and the word of God is good. The word of God's good. Well, uh, turn your Bibles over to Romans chapter 16. Amen. I want to talk to you some about, um, about what the Apostle Paul uh, called the mystery. The mystery of Christ or the mystery of God. And... Um, just to lay a little foundation, I want to remind you of, of what the Bible is all about. Because um, I think a lot of Christians can, um, they, 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 they can get confused and just kind of overwhelmed when you say you need to study the Bible. Especially when they first get saved, you know. I know when I first got saved, I got saved in 1971 when I was 14. And I, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit March 26, um, I think it was 1970. Um, 76 or so, 74 or something, 76 or so, when I was around 18, 19 years old. But until I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I would try, I would get in the, I'd read the, try to read the Bible, but it would seem like all Greek to me. It just didn't make a bit of sense to me. It's amazing how, how, where, how, how far you've come now. I, you know, it's not like that anymore. But I, it's hard for me, it's hard for me to believe that back then, I could read the Bible, it was like reading Greek, reading French or Hebrew or something. I didn't understand it at all. And I think, and I can feel for people, new converts, when they get saved, when you say, now you need to start reading your Bible. Well, they're going to say, where? I mean, it's a big 66 books. It's a big book. What, what do I read in the Bible? What, you know, there's so many topics and subjects, and there are, there are lots of topics and subjects. And even like Paul said, Paul didn't even arrive. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote two-thirds of it himself by the Spirit of God. Even he said, hey, I don't know everything. I'm, I'm still learning myself. I haven't arrived. We're always going to be learning while we're on this earth. We're always going to be growing. But I just want to kind of narrow things down. I want to tell you, just in kind of a simple form, what the Bible is all about. You ready? Say yes. Amen. Amen. The Bible is the all about three things. The king, his kingdom, and his children. That's what the whole Bible is about. All the topics and all the uh, many subjects in the Bible that we need to study and learn about all are all concerned the king, which is Jesus, and his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his children, which is us, all believers. And you know, if you're watching by the internet, you know, if you're not if you're not a child of God, if you're not born again, all you need to do is simply believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and ask Jesus into your life and confess him as your Lord and just believe that with all your heart. And as soon as you do, you're born again, just like that. You're now in the kingdom. You're now a child of God. And um, over in Matthew, don't turn to this, over in Matthew 13, 11, Jesus said, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So see, the whole Bible is about the king, his kingdom, and his children. So when you, when you think about that, that's like the topic. So no matter whether you're studying faith or righteousness or healing or deliverance or how to have a successful marriage or end-time events uh, or gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit or the ministry gifts, those, all those have to do with different aspects of God's kingdom. So it kind of helps you to see I'm still learning about the king, his kingdom, and his children. 
and all, all those topics help us find out who, who the king is, all the different aspects of who Jesus is, his nature and character. It tells us as you study all those other different subjects in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you're still you're learning about all the aspects of what the kingdom of God is all about. And you're also learning, when you get in the epistles, you're learning about, remember, his children, that's you. You're learning about who you are in Christ. So I like to think about that way so I don't get lost, you know, in the forest with so many trees. I see the, whole, see the main picture is the king, his kingdom, and his children. So whatever topic I'm studying at the time from the Bible, no matter what book I'm in, it's teaching me more about the king, his kingdom, and his children. So I ho hopefully that will uh, kind of help you to stay focused. Well, Jesus called it, uh, he said that um, it's given unto us the, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So the good news is that these mysteries he's talking about, we can know them. We can know the mysteries. Now, Paul said in Acts 28, 31, he said, it said that he was preaching everywhere he went, he went preaching the kingdom and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, are you in Romans 16? Let, let's let's, let's uh, kind of dissect this a little bit more. Let's, I want to find out more about this mystery because the, the, the word mystery is used several times in the Bible, but the, the, the mystery that I want, to look to, I want us to talk about is the mystery that God said that Paul, that, that he revealed to the Apostle Paul. Right. See, Paul said that, uh, that this, there was a mystery revealed to him that God used Paul to reveal to the church. Right. And um, over in, that, in Romans 16, look at the end of the, of the book there, the last three verses, verse 25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now remember Paul said in Acts 28, 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. According to the revelation of the mystery. Now, the word revelation, don't let that word throw you. Sounds like kind of a big word we use a lot in, in, in in, in Bible school, in our churches, and our preaching, revelation just means something revealed. You know, if I, you know, I, I, I make, I like to, I make, I, I like my chicken salad I make. My wife doesn't like it. My kids like it. They think it's great. My wife won't eat it. And, uh, but uh, I could, you know, I could go up to the pastor Mike and say, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a revelation of my chicken salad. What would that mean? Recipe. A recipe. In other words, I'm going to reveal to you how I make chicken salad. So if I say God wants to give you more, God wants to give you more revelation, you know, a lot of Christians say, huh, what's that mean, more revelation? That he wants to reveal things to you. Just like if I said, I want to give you more revelation about my chicken salad, you wouldn't say, what's that mean? You know what that means. I want to tell you how I make it. I want to tell you what's in it. You know, so when, when Paul talks here about... Um, according to the revelation of the mystery, simply said, according to the revealing of this mystery, what, what this mystery is all about. And then in verse 26 it says, but now this mystery is made manifest. Now that's good news. See, it's been made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be all the glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. But notice he said this mystery is made manifest in verse 26. 
at the end of verse 26, this mystery is made known. Now that's good for us because look again at the end of verse 25. He said, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. See, up, uh, until, uh, until uh, Jesus died and rose from the dead, this mystery was, was real, but it was kept secret. Moses, Elijah, Elisha, God's men and women in the Old Testament could not fully understand this mystery that, God, that Paul's talking about here. It was kept secret. But now, for us, for now in the church, because, we're, because Jesus died and rose from the dead, now God has chosen to reveal this mystery. It's made manifest. Matter of fact, you're in 1 Corinthians right there. Look over. This, this will help you even understand this. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 here. Verse 7, Paul said, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. What's he mean, the hidden wisdom? Paul said, he's talking to Christians, the Christians at Corinth, and to believers today, and he's saying, we, I'm speaking to you the, the, the hidden wisdom of God. It was hidden. In other words, he's talking about this mystery. It was kept secret. Before Calvary, it was a secret in the Old Covenant. But Paul was letting them know this isn't a secret anymore. So he says, when we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. See, the devil and his demons, they didn't have a revelation of this mystery. They didn't have a revealing of it. They didn't understand it. For had they known it, see, if they had known it, what, what we get to know today, if they had known this, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If, they wouldn't have done it. Right. See, if they, if they had, if, if the devil could have read my book here uh -huh. about the mystery, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory because it's a revelation of that mystery. <laughs> so he, Paul, the Spirit of God is saying that mystery was not revealed in the Old Covenant. Not to God's people. Not like, not like it is. They knew, they, they knew part, they knew Jesus would have died and rise from the dead. Well, the devil knew that. I mean, it was prophesied in the Old Covenant, but he still didn't get it. I'm going to show you the part he didn't get. Right. See, well, I'll tell you right now. The part he didn't get was that how that Jesus was going to be, he was going to come as a sinless lamb of God, never commit sin himself, but become sin for us on the cross to pay our penalty for sin and to defeat the devil. The, the, devil, the devil didn't have a revelation of that because when Jesus became our sin, then he thought he had Jesus. He thought, well, I got him now. Right. And he, he did, it, it, wasn't real, it wasn't real to him. He did not understand that because he, he knows God does everything legally. God won't break his word. So he thought now that he sinned, he didn't sin. He became our sin. He thought now that he's now that he sinned, he took their sin on himself. I have a legal right to keep him in hell, and he did not have a legal right to do it because he did not personally sin. That's why God could raise him from the dead. But see, he didn't know that. That was not revealed. It was not a revelation to him. It, it wasn't revealed to him. Now, when we talk about revelation too, you know, you got you got um, you got lost people, non Christians, teaching in um, teaching seminaries, teaching the Bible in seminaries. They're lost, and you know, they can they can read these scriptures just like the devil can. The devil can, I, I would say, he could quote any verse in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. He knows what it says, but he cannot understand it. The Bible says the natural man cannot receive the things or understand the things of the Spirit. So, so revelation means something to reveal. That's why I like what, you, what your pastor said about you can, you can, um, 
You can buy, what was it, buy information? Get information? Steal information. Steal information. That's what he said. You can steal information, but you can't, you can't steal revelation. You can't even buy revelation. Right. Not revelation. See, I can, see, God can reveal something to me from the Word, and, um, and, I can, and, and you can hear me say it and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that revelation, Dwayne God. Well, you, can't, you may steal the revelation that God, that it's a revelation to me, but it's not, still not a revelation to you. See, what, what I'm teaching you this morning, for it to be a revelation to you, you have to open up your heart and spirit and receive it and say, God, reveal this to me. So it's not a revelation to you until you receive it from God. So you can't steal revelation. You can't buy revelation from God. You, you have to receive it personally yourself by the Spirit of God. And see, that's what he's talking about here in verse 8. He says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Mm -hmm. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. In other words, man by himself, without God, without the Spirit of God revealing this wisdom, this mystery to you, you can't, you can't understand it. But 10, look at verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us, hath revealed or given us a revelation. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Ghost knows everything about God. Our Spirit in us knows everything about us. And this mystery of Christ... The only way it's going to be revealed to our spirit is by the Holy Spirit. That's why God has given us his spirit. If you weren't born of the spirit through being born again, you wouldn't even have the Holy Spirit in you. That's why God can't reveal to you understanding from his word. He can't reveal this mystery to you. That's why when lost people read the word, it doesn't make a big, they'll say, that doesn't make any sense at all. What's that mean? Jesus didn't sin, but he became sin? You know, when Paul says over in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. They're thinking, wow, it sounds like he's schizophrenic. Is he, is he crucified? Is he dead? Is he alive? Is it two people? Is it one person? You know, that doesn't make sense to them. Right. Only the Holy, you've you got to trust the Holy Ghost to begin to open up your spiritual eyes and show you things. And that's why if you spend enough time in the Word, he'll teach you things from the Word. I mean, things will come alive to you in the Word. And you'll say, wow, I never saw that before. And he does it while you're hearing the word taught. But now, let's read on another minute, because this is good here. He said, um, verse 13, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, remember over in um, 1 John 2, 27, God says that we, ha we have received an anointing from him, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that anointing teaches us all things, and we don't need any man to teach us, but the anointing teaches us. That he's not saying that we don't need apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, and evangelists. We don't need believers to teach the word. He's simply saying that the teacher of the church is the Holy Spirit. And he teaches through people. But he's the teacher. See, I'm not the teacher. Pastor Mike's not the teacher. You're not the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Even Jesus wasn't the teacher. He, was a, he, he taught, but he said I, he depended totally on the Holy Ghost to teach the word through him. 
So the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and he lives in us. So that's good news. I got the one, I got the one that knows all things living inside of me. So now I am in a position in Christ in me now as a Christian, as a believer. I'm in a spiritual place and position where, where God can reveal everything about this mystery to me. And, I, and I'm capable of understanding it as God reveals it to me and shows it to me. But it's not because of my great intellect. It's not because I'm so educated. It's not because of, of, of how good looking I am. It's not because of what color my skin is. It's not, not because of you know, what part of the tracks I was born on. It's not because of how much money I have. It has nothing to do with anything about me personally. I'm so glad. Amen. I'm so glad God is no respecter of persons, aren't you? Amen. Or we'd be up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> we would be in a mess. I'm so glad he's no respecter of persons. But the Spirit of God is in me. And then verse 14, but the natural man, the natural man um, doesn't just mean the, the, the lost person. Definitely it means that. But the natural man also means the believer that's still acting like the natural man, that won't, that won't yield to the Spirit of God, that's trying to figure out things in his own head. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Because they're spiritually discerned. Wow. So the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals this mystery to us. And, and Paul made, made it very clear in Romans 16 that we read, that this mystery is made manifest this mystery has been revealed now. That's why I always say, I'm so glad I'm living after Calvary. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have really known the difference before Calvary because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the experience I have now. You know, I wouldn't have known what it meant to be born again. So to them, that was everything back then. But even, but even the Bible even says that they look forward to the, to the promise, the promise of the new covenant. I'm so glad I'm living in the new covenant Amen. under grace after Calvary that I can be born of the Spirit of God. I have the Spirit of God in me who lives in God, the Father, who knows everything. And, and now this mystery can be revealed. Because this mystery is all about who the King is, my King, who our Lord and Savior is. It's all about the kingdom that's in us, that I'm in. It's all about who, who I am in Christ. So this mystery it, it very concerns me. So don't ever say, well, I'm not really interested in that. You better get interested in that. That's kind of like saying, I'm not really interested in breathing. Well, you better be. This is what your, your whole life is about in Christ. So you want to you get developed in this and really understand this because, I mean, it's the foundation of Christianity. I mean, it's everything. Now, let me, let me give you the, word, the definition for the word mystery. If you just look up the word mystery in the Strong's Concordance, just see what the Greek definition is. It, here's what it means. It's actually number 3466 in the Strong's Concordance. And it means to initiate into the mysteries. To initiate into the mysteries. It's a secret known only to the initiated. You know, we've got lots of secret organizations going on. All kinds of conspiracies out there. People in all their different clubs, you know, with their different knowledge that they don't want you to know about unless you become a member of their club. So that's kind of, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that way. A secret known only to the initiated. It means something hidden requiring special revelation. What does that mean? That requiring a special revealing of that. Requiring special revelation. In the New Testament, the word denotes something that people could never know by their own understanding and that demands a revelation from God. So this mystery of Christ, the only way we're going to understand this mystery of Christ, this mystery of God, 
that God revealed to the church through Paul is we have to get a revelation from God. Again, I don't care how intellectual you are, how, many, how, how, how far you went in your natural education, that won't help you one bit in understanding this mystery. It'll go right over your head. It's a revelation from God, and the only way to get a revelation from God is what we just read in 1 Corinthians 2. You have to listen to the Spirit of God within you. He's the teacher. He will reveal it to you. Now, he said that this mystery in Romans 16 has been made, has been made manifest and has been made to all nations. It's been made known to all nations. So, now that's given us a clue who, 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 can, who, is, who can understand this mystery. It's been revealed to all nations, but that's kind of general, broad, isn't it? Like, who in all nations? Is it limited to certain people in all nations? So it's, been, it's been revealed to all nations. Now, let's, 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 let's uh, nail this down. Turn over to Colossians now. He gives us another clue over here. Over in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> and look at verse... Um, so let's start at verse 25. He said, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. Dispensation means a time period of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. So that kind of lets me know right there if you say, what is the mystery? Well, it, it, it's, it's the word of God. To fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. Okay? Which hath been hid from ages and from generations, now this sounds like what he said in Romans 16, isn't it? Yeah. Remember he said it's been kept secret since the world began? He's saying the same thing here, which has been hid from, from, from ages and from generations, but now, say now, yeah. now is made manifest to who? His saints. His saints. Well, in Romans 16, he just said it's, it's been made a manifest to all nations. Now here he's telling us a little bit, giving us a little more detail, isn't he? He says, no, yes, it's been made manifest to all nations, but only to God's saints then in all nations. That means if you're not a saint, you don't, you, you're not in a position to, for this mystery to be revealed to you. You've got to be a saint now. I have a, a book, I actually, some of my books I've sold out of, one's called In Christ, I don't have my table, and one of the chapters in that book is called um, um, Kings, Priests, and Saints. That is a Christian, if you're a Christian, you're a saint. Did you know that? You know, and I, I get into that even a little more detailed in my book, but I'm bringing out the point that, that one of the biggest denominations in the world, I won't tell you who they are, it starts with a C, <laughs> but um, uh, they definitely believe in sainthood, but they don't believe you can become a saint until after you're dead, physically dead. Right. And then they determine if you're a saint. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about hubris and, and spiritual pride there. They're going to determine if, if, if Brother Fred, who already went to heaven, is a saint. Well, you don't determine that. That's right. But the Bible teaches that if you're a believer, you're a saint. Mm -hmm. And there's so many scriptures, especially in the epistles, where Paul says, like, to all the saints at Ephesus. He's talking about people alive during that time on the earth, not the saints that are in heaven. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Christian, you're a saint. So if you think, wow, I'm not a saint, because see, most people think to be a saint, as soon as I say, you know, you're a saint, you're probably thinking, well, no, I still smoke, drink, chew, and cuss. No, I didn't say you never sin. I didn't say you're perfect in every way. To be a saint means you're separated unto God, means you're God's righteousness in Christ in your reborn spirit. Yes. That's what it means to be a saint. It doesn't mean you never have a bad thought anymore. Right. 
because nobody could qualify for that except Jesus. And we'd have to wait till we leave this earth to become a saint. But the Bible says we're saints now. So this mystery has been revealed to the saints. Now, you know, I don't know about you, but probably most, most everybody likes a good mystery. I like a good mystery. It's fun to see a mystery. But, you know, if you watch a two-hour mystery program, what it was, all Agatha Christie mysteries and those kind of things, uh, you know, if, if, if at the end they don't reveal who the killer was, then you're mad. That's right. You're going to say, I don't like this movie. I can't believe they did that. They didn't even tell us who the killer was. They didn't reveal the mystery. So we like a good mystery, but only as long as we, it's revealed to us. There you go. Well, see, before Calvary, this was a good mystery. Before Jesus' death and resurrection, before man could be born again, oh, they had a whopper of a mystery. The greatest of all mysteries. It's a mystery that God from God. But he wouldn't reveal the end. He wouldn't reveal it. They couldn't know how. How's this end up? What? We, oh, we want to know all, we, want, we want to know this mystery, God. Well, I saw I can't let you know yet. You don't get to know until after Jesus dies and arises from the dead and you're born again, and I can put my spirit who knows everything about this mystery in you. And once, you, once I put my spirit in you, then he's going to tell you all about this mystery. You're going to see the end of it, the beginning, the middle, the end. You're going to see where it goes. You're going to see who, who all the characters are, who all the actors are in this mystery. You're going to find out it's you. And you're going to see everything about this mystery. About this mystery. This mystery. So it's something you're going to study for the rest of your life. Right. So he says it's been revealed to all saints. So when I see that, I think, well, that's me right there. there you go. Praise God. That means God has revealed this mystery to me. Yes. What's that mean? Does that mean automatically I know all about it? No. That means I, he said the word of God, even the mystery. See, that's what the mystery is. It's in the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's in the word of God, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The mystery's in here. As I read this book, the Holy Ghost in me, my teacher, begins to reveal, open up this mystery and starts teaching me, revealing this mystery to me. But now if I don't want to take time to read, you know, when people say, I don't like to read, well, you need to get up for that. Because, see, that's not a good quality. You need to train yourself to read. Because, see, God wrote a book called the Bible. And God, God, God gave, gave us his book. He said, meditate in this day and night. He didn't say, now, if you don't like to read, I understand. You don't have to meditate in my word day and night for those that don't like to read. No, God didn't give any exceptions there. there you, go. You, you need to make yourself read. Those watching me on the internet, you need to make yourself read. You're going to learn from the word of God. Go. Learn from the word. And read books. That's how you learn. Amen. You know, I want to know, I, I'm on a quest to know everything I can about God about his kingdom, and about his children, about who I am in Christ till Jesus comes back. And my number one book, of course, is the Bible, but then I'm always reading books, and of course, you know, my problem, like some people, you know, I'll have four or five books going at the same time, because I'll be halfway through one, I'm thoroughly enjoying, then I get this other book, and I keep looking at it, thinking, man, I really want to get into that book there, and I know I need to finish this. Oh, I'll just read the first chapter in that new book. And then I get into that, and I realize, okay, that's it. i got to go back and finish that one. So that, that's a good problem. So I'm always working on finishing the ones I start. But I, I, I want to learn what I can learn as much as I can. I'm not into devotionals. Right. Nothing wrong with them. I just don't want one by the steak. Yeah. It's like, fix me a nice T-bone steak and say, we're going to give you one bite this morning. Then we give another bite tomorrow morning. I'm going to eat the whole steak right now. 
<laughs> you give me a devotional book, I'll probably read, you know, the whole month of January today. If it's in January, I'm not going to read just January 1st today. Then tomorrow I'm going to read January 2nd. I'll probably read January 1 through 30 today. I'll, I'll go ahead and finish the devotional in a few days, probably the whole book. Have the whole year. Because I've got to have more than that. That's why when I listen to ministers teach, if I'm hearing somebody teach something, like Brother Hagen or somebody like that, and they're teaching, say, on healing, I just don't want their devotional book. I want to find out. I want to get every book they got on healing because I want to read them. If they got, you know, do they have messages? Yeah, they got 150 video teachings. Right, well, I'll listen to every single one of them. And that's what I do. I want to learn everything I can about it. I don't want to leave any, any revelation. I want, to know, I want to know all the revelation that I can know. You need to be hungry that way for the things of God. So he went on to say, to whom, he said, manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what, is, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Now, I like that. What are the riches of the glory of this ministry? So it's like Paul was saying, let me tell you how thrilling and how, how exciting this mystery is. It's glorious. It, he describes it as the riches of the glory. That's what it means. If you think, is this important to study? Is this really valuable? Well, the Holy Ghost through Paul says, the riches of the glory of this mystery. And as you get into the mystery of Christ and you start learning who Jesus is, all that he did for you, Calvary, who you are in Christ, you'll say, wow. This is glorious, and this is so rich. Oh, this is so rich. This is better than somebody giving me a brand new car. Wow, this, this is changing my life. So he said, to whom God would make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So that's another definition of the mystery. The mystery is the word of God, but now he says the mystery, in a nutshell, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's what, what that, what's, when, you, when God reveals this mystery to you, he's revealing Christ in you, who you are in Christ. And then Paul said in verse 28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. The way God's going to be able to present, him, ourself, present us perfect to him is the more this mystery is revealed in our lives. That changes us. Romans 8, Paul says, we're being, more, more every day we're being conformed to the image of Christ. We're putting on Christ, putting on Christ, praise God. You know, when you and I got saved, remember we're three parts, spirit, soul, and body, or you could say spirit, mind, and body. And when we got born again, our spirit was made brand new. Yeah, you were made God's righteousness in Christ, made perfect in your spirit. See, you're already perfect in your spirit, man. Amen. See, when you and I get to heaven, God doesn't have to do any more work on our spirit. Well, we're already perfect, in Christ, we're already God's righteousness in Christ. Now, the other two-thirds of us, though, our mind and body wasn't made brand new when we got saved. That's why we have to renew our mind to the Word, and we have to make our bodies line up with the Word of God, and we have to train ourselves to put on Christ, to put on that new man in our spirit that's new. Because that new man's not on the outside. We've got to put that man on. We've got to put him on. That's why sometimes uh, people get saved, and they're a new convert, and then the next week, they want to get saved again. And you'll say, well, you got saved last week, didn't you? Oh, yeah, but well, why do you want to get saved again? Well, I'm still having those same thoughts I did before I got saved. And I've still got some of those same habits I did before I got saved. See, they, they don't understand because the devil's condemning them, saying, see, you're not saved. So you have to explain to them, well, no, that's normal. Your mind and body didn't get saved. See, your mind and body still wants to do the same thing it used to do. Your spirit's brand new. 
That, see, that's, where, that's what the Christian life's all about from now on on this earth, is, is training our mind and body now to line up with what God's done in our spirit. Now, that'll really help you. And when the devil tries to condemn you, say, you're not really saved. You, you're still smoking those cigarettes. You, you did that before you got saved. Your body did that. See, your spirit can't smoke. Amen. Your house smokes. Uh-huh. Your body smokes. But that'll really help you a lot there. It's your spirit man that's been made brand new. And see, we need to understand that. That, 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 see, that, 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 that's the part that's brand new. That's, see, so one way to look at it is I'm all, one-third of me is already perfect. All I have is two-thirds left. So, we, so God has accomplished something that is already on the earth. One-third of me is already taken care of. One-third of me is done. I'm working on the other two-thirds until Jesus comes back. And when he does come back, the other two-thirds will be taken care of. It will be whole, 100% whole that way, perfect in every way like Jesus is. Praise God. Perfect in every way. Now, go over, go back um, a couple of books to Ephesians chapter 3. I want want you to see, even from all the verses I read, see how much God talks about this mystery through the Apostle Paul? Everything we've looked at so far is what God said through Paul. Because God used Paul to reveal this. Now, over in Ephesians chapter 3, this is a great um, uh, understanding of what Paul did Revealed to, uh, to the church through the apostle Paul, what God revealed to the church through Paul. Look, let's start at verse 1 here, Ephesians 3. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Lord. In other words, the time period. Now, God, the, God has called me for a certain length of time to do a work for him on this earth. But now look at verse 3. How that by revelation, remember what that means, how that by revelation, he, that's God, God made known unto me the mystery as I, as I wrote a foreign few words. Now, that could imply that Ephesians is, the, is, is, is at least the second letter he wrote to the church at Ephesus. Because he just said, as I wrote a four in few words. I, I, you know, I don't think it means as he wrote a four in chapters one and two. It sounds like he's saying, I want to talk to you about this, this mystery that I, I wrote to you about before. So it sounds like there's a letter that could still be out there. This, is, this, this might actually be the second letter to the Ephesians. Just something to think about. Obviously, it sounds like he said he wrote something before. That means before. Before I wrote this letter to you, I wrote to you with something, about something else. Apparently it's about this mystery. He said, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a for a few words. So he had already told them, apparently in a previous letter, about this mystery. So this isn't new to them in, in, in what we're reading right now in our book to the Ephesians here. They're not saying the mystery. What's that? He's letting them know, I've already talked to you about this mystery. I want to tell you a little bit more about it now. So he says, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. That's another way of saying, when you read what, what I'm writing you, you'll know that I know a lot about this mystery. Now he's not bragging about himself, he, he's, he's bragging about the revelation, that what the Holy Ghost has been revealing to him. Now, now don't, don't, don't think, well, you know, how dare him do that? He's, 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 he's doing that to let us know that I'm simply a channel for God to do the same thing for you. God's simply using me as a vessel, 
as, as, the, uh, as, the, as the, the beginning of this to reveal it to the whole church, to all believers. So you can have the same knowledge I have Paul is talking about. You can know just as much as I know, and Paul knew a lot, because see, he said, see, he said right here in verse, um, verse 2, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, or it have it by revelation, he, that's God, God made known unto me the mystery. God made this mystery known unto me. Now, hold your finger right there. Let's, let's kind of tie some scriptures together here. Go over to Galatians 1. Over in Galatians 1, um, look at verse, um, verse 6. He's talking about the gospel. Now remember, while you're, just stay right there a minute, because let me, I don't want you to get too many, too many fingers in your Bible there, <laughs> holding your place there. Over, um, let, me, let me remind you, over in Romans 16, Paul said, Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. See, the revelation of the mystery is revealed through understanding the gospel, okay? Now, over in Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you would pervert the gospel of Christ. And he said, for there, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then he said, then I want you to jump down over to um, verse 15. He says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal, that's, how, that's that word revelation again, to reveal what? His son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. See, God revealed Jesus to him. And then we'll go back to verses 11 and 12. He said, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, but I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul in Galatians said that this revelation of the mystery of the gospel was taught to him by Jesus personally. Now that's a, that's a good teacher to have. Jesus taught that to him personally. See, God's teaching is through me to you now, but it's, it's like I'm teaching you now. But with Paul... Jesus actually personally, God, Jesus didn't use another man to teach this mystery through to Paul. Jesus personally, it's like Jesus is the guest speaker in the flesh teaching Paul the mystery. Right, right. I mean, what, that's pretty neat. So Jesus taught him the mystery. Yeah. So you know he got it right. There you go. He taught him the mystery, and then God said, now you go teach this mystery to my church, to all the rest of the believers. So when we study what, what, what Paul, what God told Paul to teach us in his letters to the church, which, are, which is two-thirds of the New Testament, when we study those letters, you're actually being taught by Jesus through Paul. You're actually, you're actually learning what Jesus taught Paul. He's just telling us what Jesus said. Same, same, same thing. So open up your heart and, and say, God, I receive it all. So back in Ephesians chapter 3 again, so, so he said, verse 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me, God made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a few and few words. Now I'm showing you all these verses because I want to see what, I want you to see what they're all tied together. So I hope you can make, will make a note of that or go back on Facebook and watch this message again because you need to know where these are in the Bible. All this connects here. It's, just, it's, it's fun to go back and read it and God will keep showing you new things. 
And he goes on to say in verse 4, let's keep reading, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Yes. To his, so he says it's been revealed to all nations. Colossians, he says, has been revealed to all saints. Now he says it's been revealed to God's holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now, here's what's been revealed. This is part of the mystery. Verse 6, that the Gentiles, that's us, should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. See, that's what the mystery is all about, remember. The king, his kingdom, and his children. His children means who we are in Christ now. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among you, among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Unsearchable riches of Christ means these are things you cannot search out with your human mind. You have to receive them by the Spirit of God. Or another way to say that, you have to get a revelation from God. You can't buy revelation. You can't steal a revelation. It has to be revealed to you. See, what's a revelation to me doesn't mean it's a revelation to you yet. And you can't steal it from me. I can tell you what it is, but for it to become... Now, you, you can have knowledge of that revelation, but until it's real in your spirit, it won't work for you. And the only way to get it to work for you is got to be it's got to be a revelation to you. And the only way that happens is you have to you have to search the scriptures out like I do and meditate on and study them and start declaring every good thing you are in Christ and saying, God, I receive I receive more revelation. I receive more revelation of your mystery revealed to me. I receive Jesus. Remember, Paul said in Galatians one how he revealed his Son in me. I like that statement. He said, God revealed his Son in me. See, I like to get personal with that. I'll say, God, thank you for revealing Jesus in me. Thank you for revealing the resurrected Christ in me. <coughs> Jesus, remember, he told, uh, what was it, Mary and Martha, right before he raised Lazarus from the dead? Right. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I get personal with that. I'll say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the resurrection and the life, and you are the resurrection and the life in me. You're the res thank you for manifesting yourself through me as the resurrection and the life in everyone I lay hands on and everyone I pray for, everyone I teach the word to. That's good. Amen. Oh, yeah, get, get personal with the word. See, go. the more you do that, the more revelation you get in your spirit. The more things start coming alive in you. They start getting real to you. The light comes. And you'll say, that's why you can read a scripture. You can read a verse. Uh, you can read by Jesus Christ, I'm healed for 30 years. And I'll say, you know that verse? Oh, yeah, I quote it to you back. You want me to quote it to you? But it's still not. But then you think you got that verse? You've been reading it for thirty years. You can quote it to me. But then tomorrow you read it again, and you say, "Wow, when did God put that in the Bible?" I thought you knew that verse. Then it's hard for you to explain to me what what just happened to you. So you're going to try to tell me that you got a revelation. You're going to say, "Well, I know it was there. I've known it for thirty years. I don't know what happened. It's like it's like I really know it now. It's like it's it's like it, it came a light. It's like a light came on." in me. I see it. I really am. And you'll say something like that. I really am healed by Jesus Christ. Whereas before you just say, yeah, I'm healed by Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. But when it's revelation, you'll say, I really am healed by Je I mean, I see it now. I know it. I really am healed. Amen. 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 That's why God said, meditate in my word day and night. 
is not because you hadn't read the verse before. It's because he knows you keep meditating, you keep studying, you keep declaring every good thing you are in Christ. God, it, it, the light keeps coming on in different areas there after, after a period of time. Things become more and more real to you. The word of God is so much more real to me than it was uh, when I got saved 51 years ago. The word of God is more real to me than it was a year ago. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's so exciting. So he said, he called it the unsearchable riches of Christ. Uh, and then look at verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. See, see how he keeps saying, you see, what you, see how he keeps saying, it was hidden, he keeps reminding, it used to be hidden, it's revealed now, has been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me unravel that. Paul is saying God revealed to him the mystery so he could reveal this mystery to you and me. And he said, he said now as God reveals this mystery to us, what's, here's where it gets even more exciting for us while we're on this earth is verse 10 here. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, or through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. See, the more God reveals this mystery to you, the more he's going to make it known through you in this world and to the principalities and powers. I mean, to the devil and his demons, they won't understand it, but the more we operate in this ministry, the more we demonstrate uh, what this mystery is about. We start demonstrating who we are in Christ. And people see it, the devil sees it, the devil knows that you're getting a hold of something and he can't do a thing about it. See, when something becomes a revelation in your spirit, the devil can't, he can't get that. Because now it's real. It's established in you. It's yours now. And God wants to use us in revealing this mystery everywhere we go. Even revealing this mystery to principalities and powers, to the angels, to the whole spirit world God's using us. As, as vessels and, and making known this mystery through us. They're seeing what God planned a long time ago before the foundation of the world. The Bible says we were in Christ. God saw us in Christ before the foundation of the world, before he put Adam and Eve on this earth. God, God already knew the plan. He already knew the mystery. And he knew it's going, to go it's going to go several thousand years before he can even reveal this mystery to make it known. But once it's made known, then he, he knows, once it's made known, then I, I'm going to teach it to all my children, then I'm going to use them in demonstrating this mystery on this earth. Wow. Now, that, that we got a, we got a big part to play in this. But we've got to do some studying. We need to learn what our part is. We need to learn how God wants to use us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let me share this with you before I close. Go over to Colossians chapter 1. Y'all still awake? Okay, good. Colossians chapter 1, Paul's praying a prayer over here for all believers. And he says in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge, say knowledge, with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said, I'm praying that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will and all, and all uh, spiritual understanding. And all spiritual understanding. Now, um, the word knowledge here, 
uh, there's a couple of words for knowledge, if you've ever looked up the Greek on that. Uh, The the word just for normal knowledge is gnosis. It's spelled G-N-O-S-I-S, like gnosis, but the G is silent, so it's gnosis, G-N-O-S. But the word for knowledge here in in verse 9 is epignosis. There's an E-P-I on the front of gnosis, E-P-I, then G-N-O-S-I-S. It's called epignosis. Now, gnosis, let, let me give you the definition. Actually, let me give you the definition just for the word. Ever heard the word esoteric? People, you have different, there, there are clubs where you can't, you know, they, they, they don't want you in the club unless you meet all their qualifications because they believe they have an esoteric knowledge. That means they, they, they have knowledge that you're never going to understand. No, they, they, they're real special, you know. They, they got this esoteric knowledge, this special privilege knowledge that not everybody knows about. And uh, I want you to know that this knowledge that we're talking about from God, about the mystery of Christ, is not an esoteric knowledge. It's a knowledge that everybody can understand as long as they're born again. You've got to get into God's club. God has his own club, too. You've got to get into the kingdom. Because a natural man, remember, cannot receive or understand the things of the Spirit. But the word esoteric, if you look just look at the dictionary, here's what it means. It means interior from within, it means private, a title applied to the private instructions and doctrines of Pythagoras. Ever heard of Pythagoras in in high school? Pythagoras was the founder of the Italian sect of philosophers. He was a philosopher. So it just simply means a special knowledge that not everybody gets to know. Now, during Paul's day, here's where this comes in. Because during Paul's day, they had a group of the, they had a group, the word knowledge means, the, def, the, the, the word knowledge is, uh, is, uh, is gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. But it's also a, a group of people. During Paul's day, there were people called the, the Gnostics. The Gnostics. They had gnosis, or gnosis. They had, they, they, had, they had what they considered esoteric knowledge. They thought we got a special knowledge that's only those in our group in the Gnostic. Only Gnostics know this. So if you're not in our group, then you're not as intelligent and as smart as we are. You see, see how they see? They had an esoteric knowledge. Now, the, 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 the Gnostics, they believed that matter was evil or worthless. They, 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 didn't, they did not believe Jesus uh, was corporeal. That means they did not believe Jesus had a physical body. So they definitely did not believe in his physical resurrection. The, the, the Gnostics just believed that if they believed in God, they just believed he was like some big, massive cosmic mind out there. That was it. Just, just a mind. And, and a lot of false teaching has come out of that, you know, like all Christian science, everything's just about uh, your, not, your mind understanding. And, 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 and those were the Gnostics. Now, Here's the, uh, so, so gnosis simply means knowledge, but this word here for knowledge in our Bibles in Colossians 1 verse 9 is epi gnosis, or well, you pronounce it epignosis. Then you pronounce the G, it's not silent. Epignosis. Y'all with me? Now, if you look up the word epignosis in W. Vine's Greek Dictionary, here's what it means. This is a this is a it's a, a good definition. That's why I want to I want to wrap this up with this, and we'll pick up tonight. But the word epignosis means the first and clearest knowledge of God's will, knowledge that leads you into participation 
with the object instead of with the abstract, which is gnosis. See, the Gnostics' knowledge did not lead them into, into a, a participation, a fellowship with a person. It just constantly uh, just kept increasing their, their knowledge. It was just all mental. It's just all just knowledge all the time. There's no relationship there, no fellowship there, nothing, no, no, no personal uh, uh, walk with anybody there. It's, just, it's just, 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 just having a big head, just having a lot of knowledge. But epignosis is the opposite of that. Yes, knowledge. It, it's saying God's knowledge is more than just getting a big head. God's knowledge will lead you into a, into a, a, a fellowship and a communion with God Almighty, with a real person, Jesus Christ. That's the knowledge Paul's talking about here in Colossians 1.9. I pray that you'll have knowledge of God. In other words, I pray that you'll get knowledge that leads you into a deeper walk with God. Y'all see that? Does that make sense? So he says here, epignosis is knowledge that leads you into participation with the object instead of with the abstract. See, the Gnostics... Well, their knowledge led them into the abstract. Abstract, ever heard like abstract paintings and things? You know, you look at it and say, boy, that looks pathetic. What is that mess? <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to it, right, you know. Right. That's abstract. God's knowledge leads you into participation with the object of that knowledge. And the object is a person. It's Jesus Christ. With the object of that knowledge. He says... Epignosis is knowledge which perfectly unites the subject with the object. We're the subject. Jesus is the object. This knowledge, Paul, when Paul prayed right here, I'm praying that, that, that and desiring that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, I'm praying for God to give you epignosis knowledge that will, that will unite you into deeper uh, fellowship and communion with the object, with Jesus himself. The Gnostics didn't have that. Their knowledge didn't unite them with Jesus or with any person. It was, just, it was just like a big mind. Everything's just a cosmic mind. It's just how much you know. You know, I know more than you do. That's all, that's all it was. So, so knowledge or epic gnosis is to know Jesus better than, uh, uh, than, you, than you could when he walked this earth in a physical body. Remember like Paul said over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, we knew Jesus according to the flesh. But we don't know him according to the flesh anymore. We know him according to the spirit now. See, we, we know a whole lot. Like, I, I like to bring this out that, you know, when, when, um, when you talk about the mystery of Christ, you're, you're, it, the mystery of Christ is not only all that Jesus physically did for us at Calvary, all that he went through, but it's also about all, what all that meant what that means to us today. So it's kind of like um, years ago, you know, they, they, when they had a, a, a blockbuster movie out, kind of like the Raiders of the Lost Ark or something that really made tons of money, you know. Yeah. And uh, sometime later on television, they would have a, a movie on called the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark Behind the Scenes. It'd be like a two-hour movie where they actually showed you what you didn't see in the movie. They showed you how they had that big rock rolling down, you know. Or they showed you, you know, what was, hap what was taking place behind the scenes. And it's very enlightening. You get a revelation. They reveal to you more than you knew when you just watched the movie. Yeah. They, they took you behind the scenes. To me, it, it, what God does, he's taking us behind the scenes. See, the, and, and the world couldn't take us in the spirit. See, God can take us in the spirit behind the scenes. 
and show us what was really happening. That's why when James and John and Peter and all the disciples and Mary and all of them were at Jesus' cross, they actually physically saw what happened in the natural realm. They saw Jesus nails the cross. They saw him shed his blood. They saw him die. They saw him arise from the dead. They saw him ascend to heaven. They saw all that. But see, what God did for the church through the apostle Paul, and that's as God came along and said, Paul, um, I'm going to show you what happened behind the scenes at Calvary. That's good. That's good. That the people that were actually physically there at Calvary, they, don't, they didn't see this. Because right. they, they, you, can't, you can't see this. You have to see this with spiritual eyes. Your eyes of faith. It's got to be a revelation. They, did, uh, they just saw naturally what was happening. But they didn't see, there's so much that was taking place behind the scenes. Like when you watch a uh, behind the scenes movie, say like that of Raiders Lost Ark or something, you say, wow, I didn't know that. Well, he did that? that was, that's really what they did? It's just so odd. You think, man, <laughs> I didn't have any idea all that was happening behind the scenes. No, you didn't see that part. So the disciples for Calvary, they, they, they didn't have a clue what, what, what all God knew was going to take place through Jesus' death, death and resurrection. So the epistles, Romans through the book of Jude, is God's, uh, God's behind-the-scene look at Calvary, what Jesus did. So if you want to know what God knew and what God knows now, you go read Romans through the book of Jude. Read the epistles, and, and you'll get a greater understanding. So when you go back to, to, when you go back to the Gospels, and read what was taking place in the natural realm, when it says Jesus died on the cross, you know, all they saw was Jesus die. But now through the epistles, I know, while his death was my death, his death was the death of my old nature. They didn't know any of that stuff back then. Now I know it, because I've seen the behind-the-scenes look, and I keep on going back. And the more I go back to the epistles, the more God keeps revealing to me. With God, this is an endless thing. It doesn't run out. You don't, you don't get it all in 15 years. It just keeps on going. God keeps showing you more and more and more and more and more and more. That's why I read. I read through. I read you know books out of the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. But I but I I, I spend the, most of my time. Little thing, Philip. Spend most of my time in the epistles because that's where that's where the revelation of the mystery is. Amen. That and that's what I'm part of, and so are you. Well, y'all stand up with me. Amen. I better stop there for a way out. <laughs> I'm going to